Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin of Raskin Planning Group. Good morning, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Eric. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic. And again, I am excited to be with you, especially since you've brought a guest back. In our last podcast, you introduced us to Kevin Pullen of the Renaissance Group. Kevin coaches business owners and helps them meet their personal and business goals. Right, Peter? That's right, Eric. You know, just uh, I've been so blessed. Uh, Kevin's actually been my coach for the last 12 years. And uh, I just thought it would be great to have him back. Uh, We talked a bit about um, uh, strategic planning at the -hmm. the end of our last podcast. And uh, Kevin's got a, a fantastic process to he'll walk uh, through us today, which helps business owners uh, really uh, think about their 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 planning and helping them meet their objectives and goals. And and as I mentioned last time, there's there's these parallels between our approach, our process of planning, and and, and Kevin's process of planning mm-hmm. with business owners. So Kevin, it's great to have you back, and I'm I'm real pleased you're 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 uh, going to walk us through the the one page strategic plan. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. I, I appreciate the opportunity to sh- to share some ideas on how to use strategic planning as a tool to to grow your business. You know, like like I mentioned last podcast, my company, the Renaissance Group, we help small business owners, you know, become more successful help them overcome some of the frustrations and help them grow a business that'll give them both more freedom, you know, financially and free time to uh, live the life they want. And one of the ways we do that is coaching them through a, our version of what we call a one page strategic uh, plan. And so whether you already have a strategic plan and you're looking for some ideas to improve it, or you need a strategic plan, I, I think you're going to get some really, some, some really great information today on ha- how to move forward. That's fantastic. I just, just for my listeners, um, I've been through this uh, planning process. So I, I, I think it is so valuable uh, for both individuals that, uh, that, that own businesses, but also for people in general, helping them meet their goals and, and objectives. So, uh, Kevin, what is strategic planning? Well, st- strategic planning, it's a pretty common business tool. And, and really what it's, it's used to do is, is define what you want to accomplish, define your, you know, what success means to you, and also to help you accomplish it. In other words, to, to kind of execute the plan. So while we, you know, we talk about the document, the one-page strategic plan itself, and, and it is important that the true value comes from the process, your process of planning within your company, all those ongoing actions, adjustments, conversations with your team, all those decisions that you have to make, that's really, you know, where the magic happens. So, you know, so what I want you to get out of today, even though we're talking about, and it sounds like a document, the one page strategic plan, what you really want to take away, it's the, it should become a core process 
for your business, strategic planning. And, and uh, I know you've mentioned it before, Peter, but I believe, you know, you know, financial planning is similar. While the document of a financial plan is, is important, the, the planning, the planning process, the ongoing conversations your clients have with you, their advisor is really where the value is. Absolutely. It, it's, it's really the case that, that, that the, the plan that's written on, on paper is just a starting point. You know, we, we actually do the planning as we're going through uh, all the data gathering, understanding what the client wants. So the, the document is just the, the last part of it uh, that, that, that we present that people can go back on, but it's a, it's a living document as mm-hmm. well. And that's one of the great things about your approach and process is that, that it's really a living document that you revisit time and time again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know, isn't, isn't strategic planning just a version of, um, of working on your business? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you're doing strategic work, when you're doing strategic planning, you are in fact working on your business. So you're looking out, you're looking at the big picture thing. And if you, if you go back to the last uh, podcast, we talked about our business coaching philosophy was, you know, influenced heavily by Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth, and that E-Myth point of view, where he really was probably the first small business expert that talked about working on your business versus working in it. And so, yes, strategic planning is working on your business. And it's one of the ways it might be helpful, Peter, to think about it is this. When you're working in your business, you're working for today's revenue. When you're working on your business, you're working for future revenues. So strategic planning is is a way to define what that future looks like. And, And I know a lot of your clients also are looking at, at exit planning. So, so that's, you know, the future for them, that's part of working on their business. Yeah. I think it's really, that's a great way to define uh, what, what this process is all about. It's really looking at the future. So, so, so why a one page strategic plan? There's, there's multiple reasons, but you know, maybe the biggest one would be, have you ever said, or you think, you know, when I say that, you know, business, small, small business owners, have you ever said to yourself, wouldn't it be nice to get all my people on one page? Of course. So that's exactly what this document does. It gets, it gives you a chance to summarize all the key strategic components that your business needs on one page that you can carry with you to meetings um, do your one-on-ones to your team meetings. So you always have it. You keep it visible. It has a much better chance of, of execution. The other reason for a one-page plan in this case, it's also a framework for doing planning, for working on your business from a planning standpoint in inside your business. And I'm going to, you know, I'll quickly go over the components of what we're going to put on on your one page plan. And you'll see how you can use it to over, you know, to, to help you achieve your vision. That's great. When I think about the problems that business owners have and why this, this process is so important for me and for, and for many of the people we've talked to, it's the problem is implementation. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's about putting the plan into motion, revisiting it, revising it, and, and making sure the tasks that, that you need to complete are actually completed on a timely basis. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure a lot of small business owners can relate to this situation where we've all gone and spent a day or maybe a two day at a strategic retreat with a lot of our team. So a lot of time, heavy costs, we came up with what we thought was the perfect plan. A year passes, we go back and we redo the same process of having our strategic planning retreat. And when we do our quote unquote data gathering, we see where we are now, we realize that we really haven't accomplished anything on a strategic plan. So it becomes very frustrating. So, so the one page strategic planning framework is a tool to actually execute your plan. So, so can you tell, tell our listeners what this one page plan looks like? I know it's a little bit hard on a podcast to, 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 to show things, but can you describe it? Sure. Sure. So, so simply picture a standard piece of paper, eight and a half by 11 on its side, you know, the landscape view. Now just visualize four equal columns that take up basically the entire page. So it's, it's a standard piece of paper on its side with four columns. On the far left, the what I'll call column one, the first column, we're going to put um, your longest term components of your strategic plan there. These are the things that rarely change, if ever. And so once we get column one in place, every year, every quarter, when we update our plan, that's that's almost never going to change. So that goes in column one. And the second column is what we call your five-year vision, your long-term vision. This is where you're going to define what sex, what success looks like for your business five years from today. That goes in column two. That's updated annually. What goes in column three is your one-year vision and plan. That's updated obviously annually. And in the fourth and final column, the one on the far right, that's just going to be your quarterly plan. That's going to be your short-term things that you're trying to accomplish every 90 days. So that's so that's what it looks like from left to right, the longest term on the left, moving over to your shortest term. It, that's It's so helpful. It's, it's just such a great way to think about it, long-term to short-term. And, and frankly, that's again, uh, uh, there, there, there's that's what we do from a financial planning perspective. We 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 look at think of the big picture first, and then we break it out into uh, into activities that can help us get to where where our clients want to go. Uh, and, and so I will say that um, this one page plan template is going to be on our website at raskinplanning.com. So I would invite the listeners to to go to our website and then go to the the resources section, and they'd be able to 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 download it. Oh, fantastic. So, so Kevin, uh, where, where does someone start? Okay. Well, yeah, it's similar to um, your financial planning process. We start with kind of gathering the data, start with where you are today. So as a business owner, pull all your numbers, whatever you track today, pull those, get those together. Um, as we go column by column, you're going to see spaces where you can actually input that data. So that's kind of the factual, where are we now? You also want to do a little bit more subjective, where are we now? And a, and a great, and it's a pretty much a standard tool that a lot of businesses might be familiar with. It's called a SWOT analysis, which stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And there's going to be space for that on your one page plan. I like to start, you know, again, you know, so much of our time we spend working in our business. So I want you to look outside of your business first. So the opportunities and threats are your external analysis. So this is a great time for you and your team to kind of sit down and say, what are the opportunities that we want to take advantage of as a business that's going to help us reach our long-term vision? So, like I said, this is an external 
opportunities. And, you know, we, I don't want to go into too much detail. I'll just give you a couple of quick examples. Might be things like a new target market to go after, maybe a strategic alliance to build. Maybe it's, you know, maybe you want to grow through acquisition or a merger. It might be a great time to add some talent. Um, Technology is getting cheaper, things like that. So what you and your team want to do is kind of brainstorm what are your top three to five best opportunities to reach your vision. And at the bottom of column three, you want to put those in. Your threats are really the things that might prevent you from reaching your, your, um, your long-term vision. These are external things outside of your control, but it's worth noting. So we might need to develop some strategies to overcome them. You know, a couple things come to mind, you know, external things might be like government regulations, depending on what industry you're in. You know, you know, Peter's industry is constantly getting new regulations. And so the threat might not be to his business from, you know, a growth standpoint, but it might hurt some of the profitability in terms of having to add additional personnel. You might be facing um, increased uh, competition. Maybe your target market's moving on be, you know, beyond your, your product. Um, you know, film-based cameras come to mind. You know, they basically don't exist anymore. Everyone takes pictures with their smartphones, things like that. Where I am in Florida, weather is a threat. A hurricane could put us out of business for a period of time that we need to prepare for. And if I would have said this a year ago, no one would have probably listened. But now maybe the next pandemic could be the biggest threat to your business. You never know. So at the bottom of column four, you want to summarize your biggest uh, threats that you want to try and take account into your, you know, come up with strategies for your plan. Your strengths and weaknesses are an internal analysis real quickly. These are the things you're good at. These are the things that make your co company valuable. Your strengths might be maybe your technical expertise. It might be your product or service. It might be your current customer base, your loyal, you know, repeat buyers. It might be your team. Things like that, your ability to get business. A lot of times it's small businesses. Their biggest strength is their owner, the person who started the business. Summarize your top three to five strengths. Put them at the bottom of column one. Your weaknesses real quick are the things that, you know, again, that, that frustrate you, that might prevent you from reaching your vision. Um, what we see in small businesses, it's usually your lack of systems, your lack of talent. Maybe you have too many open positions outdated um, technology, uneven cash flow. And the biggest weakness we see in small businesses are they are way too dependent on the owner. And so, you know, you want to summarize that at the bottom of, of column two, your top three to five. But, you know, the point here is a lot of times with strengths and weaknesses, they might be opposite. So while, you know, our owner's technical abilities might be our strengths, it's also our weakness. Because if something happens to the owner, if they can't work for a period of time, that really hurts the business. So does that, does that make sense, Peter, from a, from a starting standpoint, this, you know, strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats? Absolutely. No, I think it's, it's so vital. Okay, good. How, from an exit planning um, standpoint, if a business is too dependent on the owner, one of these weaknesses. How, how does that affect exit planning? Oh, it's 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 tremendous. Um, it really is such an important issue. Uh, you know, a business that's really dependent on the owner just probably isn't running as efficient as efficiently as it could be running. So you know, it, it can also lead to owner burnout and uh, uh, lower satisfaction for not just the owner but employees, uh, since the owner might be controlling 
so many of the things in the business that can be frustrating to employees. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I see that translating into uh, less customer satisfaction. So okay. it can really make a huge difference. Uh, and one of the things that we offer in, in our exit planning analysis or, 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 or process is we, we, we offer an owner dependency index questionnaire. Hmm. And it's on our website. So the business owner can determine the ways to reduce owner dependency. You know, what are the activities they need to do uh, that will actually reduce the risk of, of, of being highly dependent? Mm. And, and I think that highly dependent business uh, or the, the, the business that's highly dependent on the owner is just a much riskier enterprise than an owner, owner situation where there's a strong management team in place. Mm -hmm. Because you know, eventually that that business owner is going to retire, and or they're going to be selling their business. Right. So simply, a, a less risky business is more valuable to the new owners because they're they're poised for continuation and growth. Right. So so Kevin, what comes next? All right. So now we we're getting kind of the you know the heart of things. So if if, if you think again um, that. The left-hand column, the first column at the top, we have space for what we call your core ideology. You might already have that put together. That's a combination of your core values and your core purpose. Maybe you call it your mission. And, and really, all you need to do is, is, is just put it right in onto your one-page plan. And again, the purpose is to keep it visible so everyone in your, your company knows you know, what our core purpose is, what our core values are. Right underneath it is it. This might be the most important section of the whole uh, one-page plan, and it goes back to that idea of execution. You know, that's the biggest frustration. So, right underneath your core ideology, there's space for what we call your ongoing actions, and these are your three to five kind of routines or rituals that your business is going to do on a regular basis that make sure not only that you execute your plan, but also to keep alive that mission and those core values. One of our favorite ongoing actions that we, we teach all our business owners is what we call a meeting rhythm. And I know a lot of small businesses hate meetings, but when done right, your meeting rhythm is kind of like your, your heartbeat, your pulse to help your business grow and execute. And we break it down into daily, weekly, quarterly, annual meetings. And they are your daily huddle, your weekly team meeting, your quarterly strategic update, and your annual strategic meeting where you're going to update this one-page strategic plan. And if you do this, you keep this rhythm, that's how you execute. That's how you make sure your business comes alive. Um, let me see a couple other ideas, ongoing actions. We make sure all our business owners are coaching their direct reports on a regular basis. We make sure another one is they're doing one-on-ones to specifically develop their people. Uh, we make sure, you know, one of the ways to help keep the values alive is when they're doing any hiring and recruiting, we're going to recruit for and hire people who share our values. When we do performance reviews, we're going to make sure we reward people, not only for pure performance, but for those who are living up to our values. So we use the ongoing action section. Like I said, it's maybe the, you know, the, the most important thing is really to, to make sure your business stays working on your business in a regular fashion. Yeah, I, you know what? I think this was a game changer for me, frankly. Uh, it, it's, you know, business is all about communication and expectations. 
for both staff and employees as well as our our customers and 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 the clients that we work with uh, and so these 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 things like the daily huddle the team meetings the monthly one-on-ones uh they've been vital they, they've just made such a difference not only because because work is getting done uh more efficiently but i think our team is more satisfied because of that communication that open open line of communication that oh that, good yeah. that's that just really helpful and so uh, I got to thank you for doing it, uh, for for recommending that and and helping us implement that because that's been just a, a game changer, especially uh, in these times where we're just we're virtual <laughs> and and not able to see each other, you know, every, every minute of the day. Right. So so, so uh, column one. It sounds like we, we we're we're through column one. It's certainly jam packed. You know what what's next. Uh, yeah. Well, the good news is on column one, like I said, it rarely changes. Once you get those pieces in place, um, you know, it's there forever. So next we move, let's move to column two. This is what I call your five-year view or your five-year vision. Um, and, you know, this is your big picture. These are what you, you know, you want to start to define what success looks like for your business five years from today. And of course, you're going to start with the numbers and there's space for them. You know, just a few of your key strategic objective right at the top of column one. And like I said, they're going to be updated every five years, or I'm sorry, every year annually, but roughly it's a running kind of, um, you know, these are our goals, what we want to look like five years from today. Right underneath that is space for your target market. So, so one of the things that you have to be careful of when you're doing strategic planning is sometimes we get so caught up at the numbers and we're so focused on growth and percentages of growth and numbers, we forget really what is our business set up to do. It's really set up um, you know, to serve a particular type of customer or client. And so Right underneath your, your long-term numbers, there's space to put in three target markets. Who are your ideal customers? And we want to make sure that our plan is designed to really serve a particular type of customer or client. And that's, you know, we want to pay attention to it. You and your team really want to focus on what is our customer going to look like five years from today? Capture that information and store it in the second section on column two. Is that is that make sense, Peter? Oh, perfectly. You know, it's it's all about uh, our customers. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to focus on them. Uh, so so now we're in column two. So uh, you know, moving down in column two, we we have our big picture where we want to go. We know who our target customer is. Now there's going to be some you know s- some strategic things that we we need to do to kind of start moving us you know, in that direction, you might not necessarily need to do them this year, but in over the next, you know, two to five years, we need to make some key strategic moves that are going to move us closer to our vision. And so we want to capture that in column two, almost uh, halfway down. And so basically, same thing, come up with your brainstorm, what your strategic moves are, and you want to come up with your top three to five. So really what this is, is an exercise in, in determining your strategic priorities over the next five years. Some common strategic priorities might be things like upgrading our talent. It might be improving our customer experience. You know, how are we going to compete with, um, you know, our competition in the future if, you know, if we can't improve our customer experience? We, you know, that's a great place to differentiate on. Maybe, maybe a strategic initiative might be to 
to merge or purchase another company. Uh, we talked about how do we make our business less dependent on the owner? Well, it, you're, one of your, your, a couple of your strategic moves might be starting to add some C-level executives. You know, standard C-levels are kind of like your chief operating officer, your chief marketing officer, chief even technology officer, depending on your business. But even today, in order to, to retain clients, what I've noticed is a lot of businesses are or, or adding what they call chief happiness officers or chief well-being officers. So, so these might be some ways to, to start to, um, you know, make your business less dependent on your, on your, on the owner. And one of the last things, you know, again, if, you know, in relation to what you do and overlap with what you do with your clients, you know, maybe within the next three to five years, we need to start coming up with our succession or exit planning. So not only make the business less dependent on the owner, start to plan, how are we going to get the owner out of the business? And now those are the main components that go into column two. So, so, so column one is, is long-term. Uh, that's, that's really who your business is. Uh, column two sounds like it's more focused on the, on the big strategic things that they're going to really move the needle over the next you know, few years mm -hmm. and, and helps you prioritize and focus. Right. And, and, and it sounds like now we're in column three. And, and, and so we're getting more immediate. So what does column three look like? So th this is going to be your one-year vision. These are going to be your one-year goals. You know, what do you want to accomplish this year? You know, these are the, the big, you know, your, your numbers in terms of your revenues and your profits and, you know, th things that you're used to. So there's space at the top of, of column three to put in all your numbers. The next thing you want to do in, in column three is say, you know, what, so what are the key initiatives, key strategic initiatives that we need to do this year? They're, think of them as projects. What are the, the projects that really have a priority this year that are going to not only help us achieve our one-year goals, but start to move us towards that five-year vision in column two? So you start to see the alignment that the long-term and now the more short-term, the one-year actions start to move us in that direction. So for example, maybe some of your key strategic moves this year might be adding a specific team member or two, and that's going to align with your longer term uh, strategic moves of bringing on or upgrading your talent. Maybe this year you want to document all your, you know, customer experience systems. And that obviously aligns with, you know, improving your customer experience. You might this year maybe segment your existing client base to see or customer base to see who our best clients are and talk about, are they going to be our future target clients? How can we find more people like them? Maybe this year you want to replace some type of software, maybe CRM or accounting, something like that. Maybe you're, you're updating your core message. So what you want to do halfway down column three is capture the three to five strategic, key strategic initiatives, strategic projects that you're going to work on this year. And again, there's only space for three to five. We don't want six. We don't want seven. We don't want 10. You just don't have time and you won't do them anyway. So we want to really prioritize what are the three to five projects if we worked on this year will not only help us reach our one-year goals, they're going to start moving us towards our five-year vision. Yeah, I, I mentioned that uh, earlier that it, it's it's that focus that was really helpful because there's just so many things uh, that a business can 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 dive into and take and try to resolve. Uh, but if you focus, you're more likely to get it done and mm -hmm. and to work on it. So right. it's manageable. Right. 
So well, I, I, sorry to interrupt you, Peter. But again, the other thing is, I think, and maybe you can you can attest this, Peter. You know, the longer you do this, coming up re- with priorities are a little bit easier. I, I think the first time we we do a strategic plan, we have 10, 11 projects that we want to work on. It's hard to come up with the top three to five. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is a challenge, but it's important. It's mm-hmm. it's vital. So so now we're uh, we're in column four. So this is your quarterly view. This is your quarterly plan. And this is the one that's going to get the most use. We're going to update this every 90 days. When you think about it, a quarter is only 13 weeks. So if we're not clear what we're going to do each week in order to achieve our plan, you see why execution is a problem. So if we can use this to help us be clear about what we're doing each week, it's going to make our lives a lot easier. It's going to make our decisions easier. So at the top of column four is your opportunity to put in what are your quarterly goals. In general, they're going to be in direct alignment with your one-year goals. Maybe not necessarily always, but roughly 25% of, of what revenues you want to add this year, you probably want to add this quarter, things like that. Um, so, so at the space at the top of column four, you want to put your goals for the quarter. Right underneath it, we're going to put what we call your rocks. These are your quarterly priorities. These are the things that you need to work on in order to reach your quarterly goals. And the reason we call them rocks, and I think your audience will find this interesting because most of them probably at some point have read Stephen Covey's uh, famous book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in that book, he tells the story on time management of how to visualize time in terms of, you know, rocks, pebbles, and sand, and the amount of time, uh, the amount of time you have is a bucket. And his, his, his idea is this, that if you put the sand, the small stuff in and the pebbles in first into your time bucket, you don't have room for your rocks. So the whole way to visualize this is if we put our rocks into our time bucket first, then we can always fill in with the sand and pebbles. So that's why we call it rocks. Your rocks are your three to five quarterly priorities that you're working on right now. Don't worry about all the small stuff. Make sure we're clear on the big stuff first and we can fill in with the small stuff. Let me give you a quick example of what one might look like. So let's say that you're, you're, and your one-year plan, one of your key initiatives was to replace your accounting software. So maybe you can break that up into four small quarterly projects, something like in quarter one, we're going to evaluate possible solutions for a new accounting software. In quarter two, we're, we might test drive it and make a purchase decision. In quarter three, we might convert the data from our old system to our new system. And in quarter four, we might train our team. Uh, you know, I get it. Not everything works out into small quarterly chunks like this particular example. I made it easy for us. But the point is try and break your projects down into little quarterly projects that are doable. These rocks, the most important things, focus on three to five rocks, get them done first, and then add the other things. And you'll start to make progress. You'll start to feel good about the plan and you'll start to understand where execution comes from. So that's it, Peter, we, you know, moving from, you know, long-term to the short-term in column four. I, I, I noticed uh, that there's also this, uh, a theme and celebration. What's that all about? Well, that's, you know, that's kind of the trigger, the emotional side of things, you know, um, and I'm, I'm sure you see it on the personal financial planning side as well. You know, when we get emotions involved versus just the logic, the numbers, we have a much better chance of executing our plan 
than not. And think about your people, your team, you know, all the numbers in the world, revenues and profits and, and, and cost number of new customers, that kind of stuff aren't super motivating to your people. So one of the ways we can do that is to add a theme to your business and some type of celebration to kind of trigger the emotions, to get people more involved in the execution of the plan. Over the years I've been doing this, some of, some of, the, um, some of the themes and, and celebrations that kind of tied together, um, one was, uh, you know, they called it Disney-like service. So they wanted to improve their customer experience. And so what they wanted to do is, if you've ever been to Disney, the service is great there. They wanted to have Disney-like service. And the reward, the celebration was a paid trip to Disney World for all the employees. Not bad. Yeah. Well, lucky for them, they actually were located in Orlando. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, I think that that is such an important uh, uh, aspect of, of of planning, and and we I try to do this as well when I'm doing uh, the pl financial planning for for our, our individual clients. Uh, we you know let's let this, I, I, we want to build an I want plan, okay, uh, that that's going to make them happy, and and instead of an I need. Uh, and so, for example, I'm often um, talking to our clients about adding objectives that they they don't mention right off. You know, they, they, things like, well, do you have any? Are, are your children in relationships? And and are there any weddings in in the making? Would you like to uh, put that in as a a potential goal three, five, even ten years out? Mm. Uh, you know, that's a a great celebration. Uh, do you want to help your kids? Uh, uh, with, with buy their first home, uh, that for a lot of a lot of families, that's a great motivation. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I think having those long term goals and then celebrating successes are really important. And, and you got to get the the emotion into the plan because that's really why we do what we do, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the connection. You know, the emotional with the logical usually is the best way to get the execution. Yeah. I also noticed uh, the outrageous goal uh, at the at the bottom of of column one. Could you could you describe that a little bit? Yeah, and and I left this for last um, in case we we didn't run out of time. But yeah, it's, it there is space at the bottom of of column one, and this comes this concept was really um, made famous in in Jim Collins's book, uh, both uh, uh, Good to Great and Built to Last. He called it uh, your big hairy audacious goal. We we call it your outrageous goal. So it's bigger. And longer term than your five-year goals that are in column two, but it should be extremely challenging but doable. I mean, a, a real easy example that always comes to mind is is JFK and and getting a man on the moon. Um, you know, in the decade of the '60s. So you know, this vision was to get a man in the moon by the end of the decade. Obviously, very challenging. Obviously, longer than five years. Where you know, most scientists at least believe that it was doable. On the business side, you know, Jim Collins does tell a, a famous story of he worked personally as as Howard Schultz's business coach. And Howard Schultz is the, uh, I think he still is, he might not be, the CEO of uh, Starbucks. Well, you know, as they were doing their strategic planning, he he challenged um, Howard and his team to think bigger. You know, most of their planning was a, revolved around opening more and more stores on more and more corners. And I'm sure we all seen Starbucks on every corners in more and more places of the world. And and, and Jim said to him, you know, is, is that really a, an outrageous goal? What could Starbucks do that's more outrageous? And here's what they came up with. They decided that their outrageous goal was going to be the, be the most recognized brand in the world. 
at the time, and it might still be today, Coca-Cola was the most recognized brand in the world. So was this outrageous? Yeah, because Coca-Cola is pretty well established. Is it doable? Well, I believe so. I mean, let's think about it. Both Coke and Starbucks coffee are caffeinated beverages. So why not? So it, it was outrageous. It was doable, but it was big. It really would challenge us, challenge them. But here's the important part. And here's what I want your listeners to get out of this in their own strategic planning session. What it did was it changed the way it changed some of the strategies that Starbucks worked on by thinking about becoming a big, the bigger, bigger brand versus opening more stores, they had to say, well, what makes a brand? And so they started selling their products in other places than their own stores. They started opening like kiosks and hotels. And I believe even in target, they obviously started selling coffee beans and K cups in, in uh, grocery stores. I believe at one time they might've even had some coffee ice cream. So, so again, the, the, the thing I want your listeners to take away from this spend a little time with your team to think beyond your five-year vision and say, what is something outrageous, something challengeable, but doable that we could do that might kind of tweak our strategy and move us in a whole different direction going forward? Give yourself permission to think bigger than just your five-year your vision and see if, if your strategies change. So that's that's what the outrageous goal is, Peter. I think it's fantastic. I, 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 it, I love the dream. And, and I think it's it's so important, but uh, the the I think you, you stress that it's got to be a doable dream, and and I think uh, bringing in teams team members to 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 think about that gets everyone on that that same page. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, this has been fantastic, Kevin. My experience is, and I and I know this from personal experience, is that the small business owner is just so focused on doing the work, working mm -hmm. in the business. It, and it's just really hard to step back and work on the business. We've talked about that. And it's just so important to communicate these goals and challenges and, and, and actions to, to your team because you can't do it alone. You, you need a group uh, of people that, 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 that are all trying to achieve the same thing. It's, it's, it's like any, any sports team, whether it's baseball or football or basketball, you all have to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. And, and the one page strategic plan literally does that for, for everyone. So thanks for sharing. Uh, just a reminder, the, the this, this is going to be on our, on our website. Uh, so, uh, you know, please go, go to the resource section of raskinplanning.com and, and you'll see it there. And uh, I, I thank you so much for, for spending so much time being so generous with your, with your thoughts and, and, uh, and this real valuable tool. Well, I enjoyed it, Peter. Great. And so if, 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 if someone is interested in reaching out to you, uh, please reach out to me directly. Yeah, that's uh, perfect. Yeah, I think that would be the best way. Uh, go to my website, raskinplanning.com. You can get, get in touch with us through, through that website. So again, thanks so much, Kevin. Really, really appreciate your, your effort. Thank you, Peter. Kevin, yeah, this, this was absolutely fantastic. I love that tool. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm going to echo what Peter said. Uh, the tool is available on raskinplanning.com uh, under the resource tab. So please definitely take advantage of that. Uh, and, and my last thank you, of course, always goes to you, the listening audience. We really appreciate you tuning in. And uh, without you, we wouldn't be here, right? I mean, that's kind of the point. So again, thanks for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. 
If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.